A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Out in the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch. This is Yowie Central. Welcome to the show. I'm Sarah. If you've seen a Yowie or any other strange entity and you've been busting your guts to tell someone, but you're afraid that no one will believe you or make fun of you, you have landed at the right place. Here at Yowie Central, we won't laugh at you and we definitely don't do ridicule. And although the show focuses mainly on our beautiful hairy friends who I've been obsessed with since I was a girl, we know that there's all sorts of stuff going on in the world around us that's enthralling and that is perhaps interconnected. So we explore all the rabbit holes we can find. So if you've seen or experienced anything kooky or spooky, get in touch with me at yaoicentral at gmail.com and you can share your story with me and with the Yowie Central listeners. And if you're a bit shy and you're not sure if you want to come on the show but you really need to talk to someone about what happened to you, get in touch with me and we can have a chat. Remember, you're not alone. We're here to listen and we're also here to give you some support. A couple of shout-outs this week. One to the magpies who are warbling in the background of this intro. Love you. (laughs) And another shout-out to my friend and fan of Australian Yowie Research and Yowie Central, Jane. She's been really unwell lately and I wanted to send her lots of love and a big warm Yowie hug and I really want her to get better soon. I also wanted to send my gratitude and love to my friend Tani, who was really there for me when my dog went missing and I didn't mention her in the last show and I should have. It meant so much to me and she was so comforting at the time and I really, really appreciate it. So thanks, love. You're the best. 
I had an awesome week last week, such a good one. My my husband is an agricultural pilot and he had a job that took him over Dufty's Beach on the Murray River and the Barmer State Forest, both sites of really cool Yowie sightings that were reported to AYR over the last couple of years. He thought I'd like to see them from the air and I said, hell yeah. So we got to fly quite low over those sites and it was really, really special, quite amazing amazing seeing the the Dufty's Beach up close and imagining Jamie's experience with the Yowie there who uh, ended up swimming right directly across the river so strong that he didn't get washed down by the the current of the river. He swam from one bank across directly across to the other one and uh, Jamie had the back of his head in his spotlight. And also the Barmer State Forest sighting, which was one of the scariest ones for me, where the witness was in his tent and is awoken to uh, a, a yowie falling on top of his tent, or sort of deliberately, not falling accidentally, but actually collapsing the tent and landing on all fours, kind of straddling this witness and started feeling his face and body through the fabric of the tent with these giant saucy troll fingers and the poor guy held his breath for as long as he could and thankfully uh, the Yowie had had enough and got back off the tent and it popped back up again and and he could breathe but he thought he was going to die. It was... uh, uh, and the scariest part was that he'd ridden his mountain bike into the bush to camp and so couldn't get out of there in the middle of the night by car. Had to wait to cycle out of there the next day and and so and so obviously didn't get any sleep for the rest of the night. For me, that's one of the scariest ones. I think that would be pretty terrifying to experience. We also got to fly around Mount Hope and uh, near Pyramid Hill, which are both in northern central Victoria near where we have our farm. So both of those places are really sacred, special sites and you can really feel that even flying around uh, in an aeroplane over the top. And then on on Saturday, we actually decided to drive over and climb Mount Hope. And what a spectacular, special place. It really is a magnificent place and you can really feel the energy of that site. The other cool thing that happened this week was that I also had the honour of speaking with Sunbow True Brother, author of The Sasquatch Message to Humanity, which was such a fascinating chat and I can't wait to share it with you. So stay tuned for that next show. And don't forget next weekend, Sunday the 30th of April for Australians and Saturday the 29th in the evening for my American and Canadian listeners, I'm doing a conference on Yowies with Stephen and Evan Strong and with my friends Gary, Lynn and Buck Buckingham from Australian Yowie Research and my other buddy John Kershaw who is a dogman witness. So it's going to be a really cool conference and I hope you all can tune in. It's free to watch on YouTube on the day. So hopefully uh, you can all tune in then. I'll post a link to that conference uh, closer to the day. I've got a really cool show lined up for you today. My special guest is former Bigfoot and paranormal researcher Robert Dominguez, Bob, who is now host of the excellent podcast Bigfoot Club. 
Today we discuss a few of the Bigfoot cases Bob worked on, starting with a couple of very funny ones. Uh, We talk about how and why Bigfoot research gets shut down by authorities in the US and in Australia, and go into a couple of the dangers of field research in the United States. Uh, We also go into some of the paranormal experiences Bob's had over the years. We do get a little bit sweary occasionally and we mention a certain part of male anatomy in this one a couple of times. So if you're listening with little ones and you're not up for trying to explain what we're talking about, maybe have a listen to it first and you can be the judge if it's a little bit too adult for your little munchkins. So without further ado, let's get into it. Here's Bob Dominguez of Bigfoot Club. We'll just go straight into it. Why don't you tell the Yowie Central listeners a little bit about Bob Dominguez and Bigfoot Club because some of the, some of my listeners might not be familiar with your amazing show. So do you want to you want to tell us about it? Yeah, actually, I'm I am a former Bigfoot researcher. I was been a Bigfoot researcher for twenty years, and I was a a paranormal case director for ten years, and so. I started uh, the podcast in October 2019, uh, which was I think was it too far from your from your like start right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine was um, September 2019. Yeah, yeah. so we we were kind of like on the same page. <laughs> so uh, I started it because like like you know number one I was with a group called the Texas Bigfoot Research Center. Uh, it's based in uh, uh, North Texas. And then I was with a paranormal group in uh, North North Texas. But whenever you're with a group, you don't you don't really get to give your opinions about stuff. So they kind of stop you from doing it. So, you know, starting a podcast, I wanted to give my opinions about stuff. So there was some stuff that I didn't like that, you know, some groups are sort of like some people are doing. And uh, so I wanted to, uh, you know, just voice my opinion about stuff. And uh, some, you know, some stuff was good, some stuff's bad. And it's just uh, that's, that's how I started it. And so, uh, Bigfoot club was like born then. And like at, at the time I've gone through several co-hosts and right now I have my cousin, I'm not my cousin, my nephew, Steven, he's doing the, the podcast with me and, uh, we're doing really good right now. I think we're up to like 50,000 downloads and we're that like, awesome. we have like, we have like 12,000, uh, followers on Facebook and, uh, 10,000 likes. So wow. you know, we're doing really doing really good so I'm really really happy and yeah uh, we you know we 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 I think I kind of mimic yours so I kind of we kind of talk about Bigfoot we kind of talk about the paranormal or just strange items just in general and then every now and then we'll like talk about like like the Mandalorian or the last <laughs> of us or something just something that we like talking about so yeah but so you're up to um you're doing in seasons too so you're up to season five episodes yes. 30 something or is that right or no you're beginning of season no, five we're, we're on eps, we're on season five i think i i'm gonna put out episode three probably tomorrow so and are you doing because i i did notice that you had 30 odd episodes per season yeah yeah wow. I, you know it's i tr- i try to do as many episodes as i can but the the season that i got sick which was episode three well i think i got to like seven and then last year we did it up to i think 
35 or 34 because uh, I ended I ended last season abruptly quickly because we we were supposed to do a show in December and then my mom got sick and I had to, I had to end the show like a month early so I that was probably like three or four more episodes I had to do and so I ended, I, I just couldn't concentrate on doing a show because like you know my mom came first so no absolutely absolutely and I, I'm so glad you're 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 back and she's better and you're better and and you've got this amazing show and it's going really well yes and i'm you know i've i just want to say because like i i listen to your show constantly so i mean whenever i I, as soon as i i put a show out i whenever i'm driving to work i I listen to you know Uh yahweh central and i just i you know because i've told you before i don't listen to <laughs> so, <laughs> but is that really so, true? Is that really true? Or are you just blowing it is, smoke? It is, cause, cause <laughs> if 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 I were to do a screenshot of my phone on on like Spotify, you would see your your right up there. So. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. That's really I'll do nice that. I'll I'll do a screenshot and send it to you, and you know that way you know you kind of know. So, and you've had um you've had a bit of an Australian contingent on your show too, haven't you? Yeah. Yes, yes, and no. Thanks to I mean, thanks to you. I mean, because like <laughs> I, after after I interviewed you, I I interviewed uh, Yowie Dan. No, no, it was uh, John, John Kershaw, yes. Yowie Dan, Gary Lynn, Atola Caldi. So <laughs> I was I was on a pretty good run, and I think I got a, I I think I tripled my downloads in Australia, like pretty oh, good. So that's awesome. Oh, that's really cool. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> that's great. Yes. I try to I try to get Kate Moyer on it, but that guy's too busy. He's, he's super he, busy. Yeah, so. he's he is really he's like the busiest one of the busiest people I know. He's got um, a business mm. and a podcast. We've got multiple podcasts. He's got a business. He's got a young family. He's just got lots of stuff going on. <laughs> so I would love to hear about some of your bigfoot adventures maybe first because that's kind of where my my first love is i I do love talking about the paranormal uh side Mm -hmm. of things as well but i would love to hear about some of the bigfoot experiences or or cases that you've you've just so you were you you were having your own experiences and investigating as well or were you primarily investigating other people's so having your own you you know i'll just say this i've i've never seen a a Bigfoot, but I've, I've heard things and then there's a scene things that I can't, you can't really uh, describe or, 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 or say, okay, how did that happen? So, I mean, I've seen, I've had a lot of experiences, but then I worked on a lot of cases whenever I was with the TBRC. So, uh, and I'd be happy to talk about any of them. Uh, Some of them are a little peculiar. Oh, good. I love the peculiar, I love the peculiar ones. They're my favorite because they're the ones that make me scratch my head and, and go, what the (laughs) hell is going on there? (laughs) <laughs> there's there's one in particular okay so when we first started with the tbrc we we this was like in the late 90s early 2000s and this was before you know the internet was fast so there was it was dial up and then there was like dsl and stuff like that so <laughs> this was this was right in that area so you know we had just formed tbrc we had our our website up uh and it's not there no more texasbigfoot.com and so uh, we would get cases from like, you know, different states because we, we would, you know, uh, predominantly do Texas and we would get one. We got one in particular, and this is an odd one. We got one in Kentucky and I can't, I'm not going to say the, the lady's name or, or, you know, which town it was in, oh, that's all right. but, but in Kentucky, they call the woods hollers there. So 
That's they, call, they call the woods hollers. Holler, hollers. Hollers. H O L E R S. Yeah, right. So, so we go we go we're going out to the hollers to chop some wood. Yeah, you know, you know, you know, because I, you know, there where you know where you live, they always say like the bush. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there, so they in, say the hot there dogs. in Kentucky. Yeah, in in Kentucky, they 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 like call them hollers. So <laughs> yeah, right. This lady was she called us and we we did a phone interview. It was me and my mentor uh, Luke Gross, which is a great person by the way. Um, so we we end up calling her and she was telling us that Bigfoot's what this one particular Bigfoot was coming coming down this mountain and wanting to have sex with her. <laughs> right. I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> this is someone's oh. genuine experience. But <laughs> yes. And I go my, my childish giggle though. <laughs> so I asked her, I go, Well, what do you mean? How do you know this is I go, is he coming down and you know, like not, you know, banging on your tra- cuz she I think she had like a she had a trailer. She had a uh, mobile home. And so uh, she lived by herself. Uh, she's a little bit older. And this, she said, yeah, I can, I can tell he's coming down. And he wants to have sex with me. I go, well, how do you know that? I said, well, when he's coming down the mountain, it's at, it's at night. And I can see his penis glowing and it's bouncing as he's walking down the mountain. Wow. And I go, <laughs> and I go, okay. I, I turned to my, to my mentor, uh, you know, Luke Gross. And I said, is that possible? How is that possible? <laughs> and he goes, Bob, you know, there, there are some phosphorescent mushrooms. And so okay. it's, it's possible, you know, this Bigfoot may have gotten some, his hands on some phosphorescent mushrooms and then maybe touched his penis. <laughs> <laughs> so I go, okay. So okay. There, so there is, there is a potentially logical explanation for this. Yes. So that, that was one of the strangest cases I've ever, I go, okay. So we, you know, we end up like trading like uh, info and I, you know, we gave her some, a couple solutions to do and uh, she was happy with that. And I, we, you know, we never made it to Kentucky, but I think we, we gave her a couple of uh, Bigfoot researchers in Kentucky that she wanted to reach out to. If they, if she needed someone to come like on property and help her out. So I was happy with that. So that, that, but you know, it's actually so, re- it's actually a really interesting story because mm-hmm. we generally, I don't know about you, but m- most people that I interview don't report seeing genitals at all. Like the, 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 mm-hmm. there's the, the being the odd one that mentions seeing a penis, but I I, I do remember a, a very famous one of Wes Germer's of Sasquatch Chronicles, where the Claire, mm-hmm. the English lady, the the the, the Sasquatch that she saw came running at her with an erect penis and it it, it struck me as quite an unusual detail. The fact that this lady's mentioned it and and not only mentioned that she could see the penis but that it was glowing, glowing. (laughs) it was phosphorescent (laughs) Um, and that's a good party trick, isn't it? Um, It is. but, (laughs) But that's a really, and she and she interpreted that, I'm assuming it was an erect penis, so she, she's interpreting yes. that yes. as that it was sexually aroused and, and interested in her. Yes, that's that was that's what the gist of it, where I got of it too, so. How fascinating, how <laughs> fascinating. Did she, did the, the uh, Bigfoot in question um, keep visiting her or what, how did that resolve in the end? Uh, apparently it did. It, it would come by, I think, um, at the time, I think, uh, I think she was, she was past her cycle. 
And so um, ah. I think what she was, I think what she was doing was she was putting out trash and she was burning it. So she would put it out and then burn it later. And I told her, I said, well, I said, I think you should probably like, you know, use a big Ziploc and whatever, whatever you thought is edible, like bones or cans, just put it in the freezer. And then when you're ready to burn it, just take it out and then burn it. So, so I think that's what, that's what it was drawn. It was drawn to at first was coming down right. and it was, uh, it was like looking, it was going through her trash, to, like right before she burned it. So. So it that's, been, that's what I think. Yeah. 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 And actually m- mentioning her cycle, it, it p- potentially would have something to do with that. I know that the original Australian people that I've spoken to have, have, and and quite a few people actually have mentioned, don't go don't go out walking in the bush if you're if it's that time of the month that that mm-hmm. that can be putting out a, a an an irresistible aroma to uh, to the local wildlife. But that's yeah, that's really really interesting. Okay, all right. So so um, what was the next one that was really really interesting? So the next one's even even greater. I'll tell you this. One. <laughs> so it's going to be hard to one, beat that one. You've opened with yeah, a really I'm, good I'm one. I'm going to beat it. I'm I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> it, it's going to beat it. So uh, this next one we were doing. I think it was in it was in um, Paris. What was it? Par- no, it was in yeah, it was in Paris, Paris, Texas. Uh, it's like east of Dallas. So. We had this. We had this one report on this lady. Uh, she was now mind it. She was like in her sixties. So when this incident happened, she was like in like her twenties. So she was telling us this story that happened like in the late sixties, early seventies. So she was traveling with her boyfriend at, at the time, and she was driving on this dirt road. And now mind it, in this area now, that's it's now has a lake on it. So there's like it's like a man-made lake. So we couldn't go back and look at the area that, that was in question. So she was telling us that she was traveling down this road with her boyfriend. They got a flat tire. So he gets out, he doesn't have a spare, doesn't have a Jack. So he has to walk into town, which is I think like two or three miles in and she didn't want to go. So she wanted to stay there and just sleep and just wait till he got back. So he took off. And then uh, upon her sleeping, she was awoken by um, a Bigfoot that was st- reached his arm into the the driver's side and you know in like in the states the driver's side's on the left hand side of the of the vehicle yeah so he he stuck his hand in grabbed her ankle and started pulling her out and then when she was telling us this this story she said all she could see was his nipples and his penis (laughs) so she said he was aroused she never she never you know waved on any of her story she stayed true to her story she talked about the color of his nipples, his stomach, his penis, everything. And right. so she's telling us, she's telling us like different colors, what things were. And she said she, it, it was trying to pull her out of this vehicle. It was grabbing her by, by one of, I think one of her ankles. And so like, this was like in the sixties and the seventies. So they had these Coke bottles that were actually glass. Oh, yeah. So there was, there was some empty Coke bottles that were like sitting on the, on the floorboard so she grabbed one and started hitting its hand started hitting it and she was screaming and she was yelling and this thing was trying to pull her out she never saw its face but she just saw it was hairy and and then you know he was he was taller than the actual cabin of the of the vehicle so she she said this probably happened probably like 30 20 seconds but she said it felt like you know forever oh yeah how how scary that would have been yeah. absolutely terrifying 
Was she was she so, telling was she telling it in a way that sounded genuine? Yeah, she yeah. did. So like we we had like three hundred questions, and some of them were like redundant. And so it was like six of us, and we were asking all these questions. And so she never waved on anything. She right. she just continued with the you know the same story, you know, same answers. And so she was she was saying that this thing was trying to was continuously trying to pull her pull it her out, and that it stopped when two other Bigfoot up the road that she could visibly see through the windshield was walking through like the like the brush, and it made itself visible like on the road. And she said there were she said there were two females. And I said, how did you know that? She said she could see the breast on both of them. And one of them was pregnant. So she said the one that was pregnant was was yelling at at the the male Bigfoot trying to pull her out. So it, it either yelled or, you know, screamed at it. And he dropped the ankle and then walked with him and they went to the tree line and then left. Wow. So. I can just, uh, I'm just trying to imagine what female Bigfoot is yelling at uh, male Bigfoot. Like, look, you've, you've already knocked me up. <laughs> Get your hands off exactly. that, <laughs> that woman. You, you <laughs> floozy. <it. laughs> you floozy. Yeah. So, oh, so this, this lady, she was tough because like whenever we were interviewing her, she was wearing like a, she was wearing like a, a jumpsuit, like a, like a full body jumpsuit. And she had a 38 in her bra whenever she was talking to us. Right. So she, she was, I mean, this, this incident made her a real tough cookie. So she was pretty tough whenever we were talking to her. And um, it, it was kind of funny because like afterwards we did free, because like, like here, like in the States, we do Freedom of, of Information Act. We can uh, reach out to, uh, you know, like, you know, states of government, like the police or the hospital and we, you know, we asked, Hey, we want these records for this time. So we reached out to the, cause I think after this incident happened, the boyfriend showed up, she was crying about it and she was, you know, hysterical. So they, they changed the tire and they, they drive back into town. So she goes to the hospital, gets checked out. And then they, they go to the local sheriff and, you know, do a incident report. So we, we did a freedom of, of info act. We, uh, with the sheriff department, in that area at that time period and then they they end up telling us that they they lost they lost it they didn't have it so so uh oh really and then we reached out yeah and they they lost it so we reached out to the hospital the hospital gave us records on the exact date that she said that she was in it said that uh her her one of her ankles had lacerations and bruises so yeah. there's some validity there so yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so uh Oh, you get but some anyway. you get some doozies over there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I I know I I talked to Gary Lynn and he had some interesting. I mean, because Australia's always had interesting interesting stories that I've ever I've heard, and I you know because I've talked to other people before and like in the past, and I've heard like some great stories there. So, yeah, to have these two stories like in like I think it was like a two year period that I got them, <laughs> and it was they were amazing. So yeah. Uh, I, I loved it. And I, 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 you know, it's just one of those things that said, man, cause like physical, like physical things or like facial expressions. I always been attracted to, cause you always get those reports of like a Bigfoot crossing road or railroad track yeah, yeah. or just, peek, or just like peeking through a window. But the ones that actually do physical contact or do facial expressions always, they always get me. Yeah. Always get me. I love those. I love, I remember a guy that I spoke to last year talked about, 
he he was only a few meters away from the Yowie in question, mm-hmm. eight or nine foot tall being. What he was looking at it straight in the face, and he could know he noticed that the the tear tracts under the eyes, the fur and the skin was slightly stained red. You know how older dogs get that mm-hmm. um, that yes. pinky coloured like fur and skin around their eyes. He said it had the same look around its tear tear tracts under its eyes, and then. It blinked a third eyelid sideways. So like it was older, like, like it, almost like it was older. Well, no, like it had a a nictitating membrane that closed with the with oh, the okay. the okay. opposite way, like a reptile. You know how crocodiles and some some animals have a a membrane that they can close over their eyes that doesn't yes okay. close with a horizontal slit like our eyes. It had something underneath the normal eyelids that closed the other way. That was, the, you know, we've, we've had maybe three or four reports of sideways blinking eyes in, in the past, but the detail that this guy remembered was, was really cool. Like I, same, same, I guess, you know, there's a lot of the roadside sightings where people just whiz by and they don't get much detail, but when you've got one mm-hmm. who's standing, when a guy's standing only a few metres away for some for probably what seemed like forever to him, but for long enough to be to get facial expressions and little details of the face, it's 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 even cooler, isn't it? It is. I I do recall talking to Gary Lynn. He was telling us a story about this. I think it was a girl, and she was like working uh, at night, and she was going down this back road to to go home, and she's going she's coming around a bend, and she's and as she's coming around this bend, she sees a bigfoot. A, she thinks it's like a younger bigfoot, and she almost hits it, and it, you know it, it avoids her, and so she goes past it, and she's you know she's frightened, and then um, the following night she gets off at the same time, and she goes down the same road. She goes down the same road, and then goes around the bend. This time it's a different bigfoot, a bigger one, and this bigfoot takes a swipe at the car. <laughs> And so he told me this story. I said, oh, my God, that's one of the greatest stories I've ever heard. Yes. So it's almost like the mom goes, hey, you hit my kid. I'm yeah. going to hit you. <laughs> that's and, right. That's right. So when he told me that story, I go, oh, my God, that's a great story. And, like, uh, I, thought, I thought it was great. So She's I always brave. think Australia has great stories. So Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, I'm, I'm, I'm loving the ones you're telling me. So what's, what's the next one? What, have you got, do you remember another one where the, the, either the facial expressions were really cool? Or? Yes. Yes, yes. This one, this one, I the one we uh, did. It was in East Texas. I'm not gonna say the town, but it was in East Texas. It was with uh, this older gentleman. He was a doctor, and he's he was he's retired now. But he he opened up. Uh, I think he got out of retirement, opened up a second practice, uh, like like in town. Him and his wife were driving. His wife was driving, and they were driving down this road. It was right adjacent to a golf course. And then uh, on the right and on to the left, there was a, a steep embankment that went into these uh, these woods. And so as they're driving down this road, it was, I think it was early in the morning. And uh, this I, I'm assuming this Bigfoot crossed the road. It was coming from the, the golf course, crossed the road, and then went into this ditch, this really deep ditch. And and it stopped because I, I guess it it saw this the headlights coming and the car coming so it stopped and had his back to the vehicle, and so this lady's driving and she 
she thinks it's a person that's like stuck outside and she tells her husband i goes i goes i think that someone's stuck we'll we'll stop and ask him if if they're okay so she you know slows down the vehicle rolls down the window and she says are you are you stuck out you know are you stuck and this bigfoot turns around and looks at her and this lady does this gasp like <gasps> you know like oh my god it's a bigfoot you know she didn't say that but that's what you know she did and this bigfoot mimicked her it did <gasps> exactly <laughs> like her and uh, and then it just turned and then went up this steep embankment that like she said it was it was like so steep that not a man could go up it and it went up in like three strides yeah right and so he you know whenever we were interviewing this guy, this gentleman he did not want his id you know his name out anything because he didn't you know he was a respected person of that community and he didn't want anybody to question him so he, and i told him i said we're you know you know, we will never give that out if you don't want it. So we just want the story. And if you need to talk to somebody, then we can talk to you. So that was one of the, that's one of the, the most, I mean, cause like when she told me that story, I said, Oh my God, that's emotion. And that's just, uh, it just drove me to it. So, or it could be, I don't know about over there, but I, there, the Yowies are, are renowned here for being excellent mimics and yes. they, they've been observed Observed sometimes, but also often just heard mimicking people, mimicking names, mm -hmm. mimicking dogs' names. So people have yeah. reported hearing something else calling their dog from out in the bush. Uh, yes. But it's not, and it sounds very similar to their own voice. Yes, yes, yes. So do you, do you find that? Are there, are there um, a lot of reports over there of... Bigfoot Sasquatch mimicking human beings? Well, I was I will say this. So when I was with the TBRC, uh, I didn't like its direction where it was going. And so I left them in 2002, 2003. I left them and went, I went to do my own thing. And there was a couple of, of you know, members of, of that group that left at the, like maybe a couple months after I did. So we ended up getting together. And we were doing research on this one gentleman's uh, property in Paris, Texas. And we were putting, because this was like 2003, 2004, cameras were very, very expensive. So we were putting audio stuff out everywhere. You know, we were just, because that's what we could afford at the time. And so we were putting it out like throughout the woods, this guy's property, because apparently there was this Bigfoot coming and was taking some of the corn. He was growing corn, squash, watermelon. And I think he was taking it some of his geese and chickens. So we were putting like these recorders and some uh, game cams up. Do you guys use, you know, game game cams there in Australia? Yeah, 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 yeah we sure do. So so we were putting those out. And so uh, this Bigfoot was avoiding these game cams. And it was going to like these audio and just like sniffing it and stuff. So and so whenever we were putting them out, we would like yell. We didn't use walkie talkies back then. We just yelled at, you know, each other's names. And so there was one particular gentleman that was with us. He was an older gentleman. I would just say his name is Rudy, okay? And so we were yelling Rudy's name. Rudy, you know, where are you? And stuff like that. And we would just, we would joke all, you know, throughout the day. We would set stuff up. And then we would sit all night. And then sometimes we'd hear stuff and sometimes we wouldn't. And so we would go back and listen to the audio. And um, some of the audio was somebody in the woods yelling Rudy. And it didn't sound like a human. It was just, it would, it would go Rudy. <laughs> and so this gentleman heard this and 
he was a church going gentleman and um he didn't find that particular you know amazing so he left he didn't want to do research anymore so he left so that's the experience that i've gotten and so in the same property we've uh we've like you know had tents out just somewhere just sleeping throughout the night or we would just you know sit like in a chair and just like listen all night and there was a couple times i would be woken in the middle of the night with horses you know you know um yiping in the back and i would wake up my partner i said do you hear that and he says oh it's just a horse bob i said yeah but there's no horses back there how is that possible <laughs> so we would we would hear horses like in the back and at the very end of its yipe we would hear <laughs> which is so, not, not very horsey <laughs> so so i tell him because there's no horses back there how's that possible <laughs> so so we would we would i would experience that myself and so that was just kind of odd that you know i i mean i have a lots of you know tons of re respect for these animals and so i mean i used to i used to carry a shotgun out there and after a while i just stopped doing it i just quit doing it i just because i think they they believe when you whenever you mean harm so if you if you walk out there with a weapon i think they like know it so yeah. and they'll they like stay away so whenever i stopped whenever i stopped bringing weapons i would get i would get like i would get treats you know and i would I'll, I'll be open about it. like in the past when i first started doing like bigfoot research i would never post anything that i would find because i didn't want anybody like you know to make fun of me but i would go in the woods and i would take like whatever was in the area like mexican plums um parsimons onions whatever whatever i would find there and i would just walk in like deep into the woods and i would stick into a crock of a tree these items and i wouldn't tell anybody and i would walk back and the next day i would go to see if it was still there and when i would go and find that that crook of the, the tree i would find like a shiny rock or or like a dead bird or oh, that's cool or some or like a plant a plant that you know one of the, i think that homeowner would say i would I, I think that's tea. So I think you, sh you should make that tea. I think you should drink it. <laughs> so I would do that. I would do that. And then I would have like weirdest dreams that, <laughs> that same night. So, <laughs> so, so but think. I would, I, yeah, I, w I wouldn't post stuff like that. So guys, so people thought I was weird back then. So, so oh, I just kept it to myself. How things have changed. Hey, it's, it's yes. Uh, yes. And it's, it's really, really good that the, I think there seems to have been, I don't know. Maybe it's because I I move in in circles where Yowies and the invisible world is is talked about and and accepted. So I, for me, mm -hmm. it's it's like it's normal everyday stuff now. But I think things have certainly changed. There's so many more people who are interested in the subject and and believing that they are really around. Don't you think? Yes, and then then this veil, the veil of you know of this world and their world it's yeah. just it's so thin yeah. and it's like it's it's available to people that i think that are open to see it and i think like this creature or any kind of other creatures any kind of supernatural paranormal things they're attracted to those people and i think some people give off a certain frequency more than others yes and so that's that's just what i you know what i kind of believe in because like when i first got into it i was strictly you know flesh and blood you know this was a primate that's it blah 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 and as I left the TBRC and I started talking to different people, Native Americans, just different people in different states, 
And I kind of just got that idea. And then, which I really love about your show is that you talk about infrasound and I love that. So I think that's amazing. And I, cause I do paranormal stuff and I EMF, you know, is the same to me is the same stuff as infrasound. And so I find that fascinating because I think it's almost the same thing, but I know people, people react differently to EMF and infrasound. Some people get nauseated, they get headaches, they get scared, whatever. And so now yeah. when I interview people now, I kind of, I kind of ask them, I ask them, do you, did you, you know, were you frightened? Did you feel like throwing up? You know, did you feel lightheaded, dizzy, whatever? So, and I think it's great about your show, how you, how, how you tackle that and talk about it openly. In, infrasound, it's, re, it's such an interesting subject because we, I mean, we've got no way of proving right. one way or the other. Although, I mean, I do, I've interviewed several people who've seen them vocalising, mm-hmm. but I haven't interviewed anyone who's seen them with their mouth open but not making a sound. See, with infrasound, from what I understand, and I, and I might be totally wrong, but from what I understand, infrasound is inaudible to human ears. But mm-hmm. the, a, a nerve inside your inner ear vibrates and, and picks it up. And, then, and it can mm-hmm. also vibrate your organs, your inner organs. But as far as I understood, it's not audible. So there's no way of proving 100% that what we're, what people are describing is the result of infrasound. However, mm. however, there's, it's, there's a really good argument for it because as you've, as you know, being an investigator yourself, so many people report that, that feeling, that feeling of dread, that feeling of, of nausea, the, the dizziness, sleepiness is another one that some people report. Um, that that unnamed and that unnamed dread. They, mm-hmm. they can't find a, a, a reason why they feel uneasy, but they just feel really uneasy. So there's got to be something that's that's causing that. Yes. Uh, you know, it's not. Uh, it's and it's not magic. That that there'd be some. There's some physiological thing happening that's causing people to feel like that. But but I look. There, there's so many unexplained. There's so many unexplained elements of, of this story, really, isn't there, of these beings? Um, yes. I mean, how, where do you stand on the, uh, on the mind speak situation? Uh, um, I don't, I, I'm, I'm asking because it's, it's been coming up a lot in the last few months. It has. Is that, is that coupled in with uh, the woo, the woo stuff? or? Yeah, very much woo. <laughs> very woo-woo. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, was, I will say this, that like, you know, like I was saying earlier, I was flesh and blood all the way in like in the late 90s, early 2000s. But as I left the TBRC and I would, I talked to a lot of Choctaw Indians and Caddo Indians and, uh, you know, they, they wholeheartedly believe that this, this creature is part of the earth and, it can it can do whatever it wants. It can you know turn into a raccoon. It can mind speak. It could yeah. it can tell you what you know why you're there and stuff like. So I'm I'm completely open because I don't like whenever whenever like I like just say for example a police a policeman goes to a scene a murder scene he he writes down exactly what's going on what happened what he thinks and he's not if there's something paranormal there he I mean he shouldn't leave it out he should he should add it in there. So I I'm kind of like in like the same way if I'm interviewing somebody. Or talking to somebody, 
I have to take it as face value and say, okay, this is what they're telling me. I got to go with it. And so I don't, I don't discredit it, but I don't, you know, I've seen a lot of stuff in the woods that I can't explain as, as the same, the same time for me. And I, you know, if I were to tell someone the story, they probably wouldn't believe me. So um, I would just say that. So I'm, I'm pretty open to a lot of stuff. So, I mean, like, I, like I said before, I did Bigfoot stuff and I did paranormal stuff. So I've seen a lot of strange stuff in the paranormal. I've seen some stuff strange in like Bigfoot and I don't know where the line ends or it's divided or I don't know. So I'm, you know, I'm just pretty open to, to all that stuff. Do you get reports like we do over here of these beings uh, being able to turn themselves invisible to the human eye? Yes. I, I had one particular story of this gentleman and this guy, this guy was a wrestler and he was a big macho guy. And so whenever he told me this, whenever he described this one thing, cause I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but what he described to me, it's always stuck with me. So he said, I don't know if you guys know who Andre the giant is. Right? Yes. A, I've got a t-shirt a... with Andre the giant. on it. <laughs> so this guy, this guy wrestled Andre the giant. So he knows him pretty well. Right. Yeah. And he said when he saw this this Bigfoot jump, you know, jump in front of him, he said it was two Andre the Giants shoulder to shoulder. Wow. He said this he said this thing was so massive that, you know, when he hit the ground, it felt like, you know, his whole body shook. And as it stepped into the woods, you know, because this is East Texas, it, it, you know, East Texas, we don't have like really big tree, you know, thick trees. We have a lot of trees. And so he said, this thing stepped into the woods. He said, the woods swallowed it up. <laughs> and he says, there was no reason why he couldn't see it behind skinny trees, but he could not see it. Hmm. And so when he told me that story, you know, I, it's always stuck with me. The woods swallowed it up. And he said, I couldn't see it, but I could hear it. And I could, I could see like, you know, trees moving and bushes moving, but I, you know, I know it was there. And it shadowed him out. So that thing always stuck with me. And like, you know, I've I've talked to people at Bigfoot conferences where they say they've seen a portal open and it's not, you know, the woods, it's like the snow and this Bigfoot steps in, you know, and I, I go, okay, you know, I'm going to take your story, but yeah, you know, I'm not sure about stuff like that. So, um, but I'm open to it. I mean, if people want to talk to me about it, I'm, I'm always open to hear, hear their stories. I think if you, You'd have to be, you'd have to be after years, so many years of being a paranormal researcher and Bigfoot researcher, you'd have to have reached the point where you're like, right, anything's possible, really. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, would, I would imagine. Um, I, I've I've gotten to that point, and I've you've been in the game research wise way longer than me, mm -hmm. and I'm not a, a paranormal specialist at all. I do some of the the people that that uh, report to me do tell me often tell me paranormal stuff as well, but it's not mm -hmm. my area of expertise. But I'm so not surprised now by anything. Um, yeah. it, it all seems possible. It, it, we're only seeing, human beings only seem to see one tiny small part of what we call reality. Uh, yeah. And, and what, I'm, what I'm beginning to understand is there's a, a hell of a lot more that's beyond our visible and audible spectrum um, that, that's going on around us that we most of the time don't notice. So what about like some of the, the scarier cases? Can you tell us if you remember any of the really scary ones? Uh, you're talking about paranormal or are you talking about Bigfoot? Oh, well, 
either, really. But I guess we, we, we can, we'll stay with Bigfoot for now and then maybe move on to paranormal stuff after that. Probably the scariest thing that, that I happened to me. Well, I mean, I've, I've interviewed like, you know, lots of people and stuff. So, but one of the, one of the scariest things that happened to me was like, I was, we were in uh, this town uh, called, um, I can't, for some reason I can't, it's, it's, it's escaping me, but it's in the, it's in the Kimichi mountains, which is on the border of Texas and, and Oklahoma. And they, they call it mountains, but really it's just like big hills. So um, and it's really rural. And I think the Native Americans that are in that area is the uh, Choctaw. No. Yeah, the Caddo Indians are in this area. So to, to be on this mountain, you have to own property there. And so uh, a buddy of mine owns some property there. So whenever you drive up, you have to have, you know, you got to you got to have show that you have property and there's like a security guard and he lets you in. So not everybody's, you know, not everybody can go up there. And so we were we were uh, up there looking at his cabin, and he had just purchased his cabin, and so we're up there looking at it. And then he was telling me, "Hey, the owner uh, built a dam at the at the bottom of the mountain. Let's walk down there and like listen to it." I said, "Okay." So we're walking down this trail, and it was like a windy trail, and it's very steep. So as we're walking down, it had just finished raining. So I had I had this habit when I'm doing it, I look at the mud, I look at the trail to see if I see any footprints. That's just how I am. I do that. So I was looking down. I said, okay, we're walking down. We we went into this to this dam area and we were looking there. And for some reason we smelled like this really foul smell, like it's cr- a cross between garbage pee and like musky wet, like a wet dog, you know? And I go, do you smell that? And then everybody goes, yeah. There was like two other guys with me and I go, you smell that? He goes, yeah. So I said, okay, so and right next to this this dam or this dam this guy built was like this tree line is real thick, and then we could hear like growling, you know, and it was getting louder, it was getting louder, and I go, all right, guys, I said, you know, we didn't have any weapons, we didn't have anything, and this like it sounded really aggressive, and then we could see like trees moving, you know, and it wasn't like just moving with the wind, it was like this tree was moving like a really big tree it was like one of these big oaks and it was like moving like it's not supposed to move yeah yep. and so i go i think it's time for us to leave and so i you know i didn't have any cameras with me nothing so at that one time i just felt really threatened so we were all leaving so then we try to gather as fast as we could but this this hill was really steep sarah and it was like i was out of shape <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't move fast enough. I could I could not move fast enough. And then this growling on the street line was following us and it was getting louder and louder. And finally, I just yelled. I don't know why I did this, but I just yelled at the top of my lungs. Okay, we're leaving. You don't have to do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I just yelled that. And as we're walking up this trail, then on, on this mud trail, I didn't. And now I started seeing footprints. And they were like, it was like crossing the, the trail in front of us like we're going up this trail and his footprints were going sideways across across this trail and so they were like uh like 14 inches 14 yeah. inches like like i have a i'll send you this picture there's one picture that i have and this was like it was half in water and half in mud and so the water part was still moving whenever we saw this picture i oh, said oh wow. my god <laughs> so it was still moving like the mud was still moving so it was just it was like Whatever, because it was probably like like this other Bigfoot was circling us while this other one was growling at us. 
And I go, okay. So, so we got up this hill as fast as we could. And I think later on that night, they were slapping our cabin like throughout the night. Oh, so. yeah, that would that wouldn't have been fairly unnerving, I would imagine. So, so to me, to me, that was that was kind of that was kind of scary because it was like my first time up in that area, and I did not expect that. And I got it. I said, "Oh man!" And like, we we were unprepared because we were just gonna go up there and look at the cabin. We didn't even know there was Bigfoot up there, and we didn't put out cameras. We didn't do anything. I said, "Man." That sucked. So, <laughs> That's always the way, though, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Murphy's <always>. Law. <laughs> yep. Hey, do you call them skunk apes in Texas? No. You know, to be honest with you, uh, I, I call them locals because they've been there a lot longer than we have. Mm-hmm. That's what I call them. Yeah. So like skunk apes is uh, more, it's mostly Florida. Florida. Ah. Florida, because the, the swampy in that area, and I guess, you know, they they give off pungent odors down there more than Texas. Even though I've, sm- I've smelt them in Texas, and they're just equally as probably as bad as that, so. And is the, is the terrain in Texas, I've actually just got it, got Texas up on the on the map right now. It's, I mean, it's such a huge, mm-hmm. it's a huge state, but is, yeah. do you find that there are more reports in that eastern part of Texas, or are you getting them up? In, a, in, a, in the Amarillo area as well or no not we don't have anything there uh there there might be some in uh El, El Paso right close to uh the neighboring state and uh-huh. close to Mexico but uh very few I think I we haven't had that many I think there's probably some dating back in I don't know the 80s and 90s but most of the predominantly ones are gonna you're gonna have right on the East Texas side right next to uh, Louisiana and Oklahoma uh, and Arkansas. So that area between, I think, uh, Oklahoma all the way down to on the, on the Louisiana side of Texas, they, they call that the, the big thicket. And so that area is like really, really thick. I've, I've talked to people from Washington state that have like the big, you know, the, the big redwoods. Yes. And, and they've told me that East Texas is thicker than that. So um, right. And I, I totally believe it because, I, you know, I've been all over East Texas and it's just, you know, you could be standing in the woods and you wouldn't be able to see like five feet past, you know, five feet in front of you because it's like so damn thick. Yeah, right. So I'm, I know it's similar like that way in Australia, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Parts of it are, especially if you go up up the the mountain range that runs up the East Coast, you get into mm-hmm. this really dense lush rain rainforest so it's a semi-tropical mm-hmm. rainforest it's it's really dark. we're up where the boys research where they live mm-hmm. um some of that forest up there is is impenetrable it's it's really really hard to get through and and you know there's snakes everywhere and scorpions mm-hmm. and leeches spiders and, spiders, spiders, yeah. and, and i'm assuming <laughs> you've got all those the same the same characters yes yeah. i mean there there is but probably not as much spiders as, as there is probably over there so <laughs> We've, we've got our fair share of spiders, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, uh, uh, Yowie Dan sends me videos all the time <laughs> of his of his garden, and he shows me he sends me videos of spiders. Oh, that's constantly. funny. <laughs> and so he says, "Bob, he goes, Bob, look at this," and he, like, he goes up to his plants and shows me. And I and I love that he messages me all the time. I love it. So He's I such think, a lovely man. I've got so much time. He is. For Dan. He is. Yeah, really, really lovely I call, man. I call him. John Kershaw and Gary Lynn, uh, El, El Chingons. That's what I call them. 
So, <laughs> that's a good nickname for them. So, so that's what I call them. So I, every time they post something, I go, El Chingon. So, El Chingon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Do they know what they, it means? <laughs> yes. Yes. Badass. The, yeah. fucking, ba- the fucking badass is what it means. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. They would definitely be that. <laughs> And so, John, John I, I, is awesome as well. He, yeah. uh, John, 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 and I message all the time as, as well. It's he's a really, really lovely man. I, I love him. I I told him that I go, dude. I go. I talked. I mean, I'm seriously. I talk to them more than I talk to people in Texas, other Bigfoot <laughs> in Texas. So I told him I'm so close to you because I I'm seriously I message them constantly and they message me so. I want to thank you for that, for, uh, you know, making me friends with them. You know, you didn't make me friends, but you introduced me to them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're so welcome. You know, I will tell you this. I was like super, I don't know why, I was super nervous to talk to Attila Caldi. And I told him that. I go, I'm so nervous about talking to you. (laughs) Why? Because you're on TV. (laughs) You do TV stuff. And I'm just scared. He goes, no, don't, don't, mate. It's it's, it's all right. I go, I'm sorry. I'm just nervous. So. Oh, and he's a so great, he's a, he's a really nice man too, Attila. Attila. He is. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's funny. And it's funny though, there are some people that you just get really in, slightly intimidated by. I remember when I interviewed a, um, a man last year, Paul Wallace actually, and he's he's mm-hmm. so smart. He's like way smarter than me and he's way more educated than me and uh, just a really learned, book learned man. And yeah. I, I just felt really intimidated. He's really nice. Like there, there was nothing he was mm-hmm. he was doing to intimidate me. But I just, I, I personally felt really, really nervous and intimidated <laughs> before and during. Really, um, I d- it didn't go away. The, the the whole feeling, even though he was lovely to talk to, um, and right. then I and I lost my plate. Like he, he was answering one of the first questions I I asked him. And it was quite a long answer. And you know when you're interviewing someone and you you make yeah. the, you make a quick note in your notebook for your next question or something. And I'm, yeah. I'm I missed like the very end of the very last part of the sentence that he said. And then he fell silent. And then I was like, oh shit, fuck! <laughs> I can't even remember what he said now. And now I don't have my question ready. And and this is really yeah. awkward silence. <laughs> it was. Uh, I think. Like, <laughs> yeah, go on. You know, I. I think at first, whenever I started doing the podcast, I was writing, I was writing the, I was doing the same thing. I was writing on questions and now I just, you know what? It's just a conversation now. I just, I got that from Terry Kegel. He does porch manager podcasts and he was one of the first guys that interviewed me whenever I was coming, I was coming off recovery. And so he reached out to me and goes, Hey, I want you, cause I was thinking about, I was actually thinking about never doing a podcast again. Cause I was so at the time I was so depressed and I, wasn't really sure. I wasn't really liking my progress on my uh, recovery. And so he reached out to me and I did his show and he just says, I go, what do you want to talk about? He says, it's just a conversation. And I go, okay, cool. (laughs) So so we ended up talking about Bigfoot. We talked about wrestling. We talked about barbecue. We talked about a lot of stuff. So uh, music is just crazy. So (laughs) that's, well, it's nice if you've got the, if you've got the gift of the gab and you can, you know, chat to anyone, mm-hmm. then it's, then yeah, you don't necessarily need to, to, to be, to have lots of questions yeah. prepared. But, but I always do just in case I get, you know, occasionally you get someone, it doesn't right. happen very often, but occasionally you get someone who's not very talkative 
Um, yes, and, and, that's that's the worst. Yeah. That's the worst. <laughs> yeah, and so you're expecting them to kind of give you, you know, like, like when I'm a guest on someone else's show, they ask me a question, mm-hmm. and then I can crap on for twenty minutes, <laughs> easy. Um, yeah, but because I I I also know that I'm there to to share my information with people, and and so I get I get what I'm there for. But occasionally I get someone who doesn't make it easy for you and yes. and so then so if if that does happen then i've got my list of you know several questions that i can i can pull out the, the the problem is is when you start getting to the end of that list and you've only been talking for half an hour because they're, yeah. they're only giving you monosyllabic answers and you're like okay hmm, what am i going to ask next? do you let me let me just ask you a question on your show. Is this um, so? Do you do you find people to interview, or does, do people like reach out to you and say, "Hey, I want to be on your show"? Uh, do, a bit do you of, ever get that? Yeah, yeah, I do sometimes. A bit of both, a bit of both. Yeah. Um, I mainly it's me reaching out to other people, but I, I do right. get I do get people writing in and saying, "I'd love to come. I'd love to come on your show too." It's, uh, right. Yeah. What about you? There's there's a few people that. Uh, I'm not going to say who they are, but there's a few people that I, I find that they're very, very strange and they're reaching out to me and I've reached out to other podcasts. I say, Hey, this person was on your podcast. Um, can you tell me a little bit about them? And they tell me, I say, oh, okay. I'm not. So, cause like, <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm not the greatest pod person in the world, but I, I kind of, I don't like to interview people that other podcast people do. You know, if that if that makes sense, I like to find people that normally wouldn't be on the podcast, and that I find interesting. Yeah. And I I say, hey man, I said, do you want to be on the podcast? And I usually reach out to them. And there's been a couple of people that reached out to me and say, oh no, not I'm not doing that because I don't. I number one, I don't know you, so you have to vet. Yeah, you gotta who's coming you gotta, on your you show. Yeah, filter them a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Because I, I get I get because like everybody that knows me knows I'm like into Bigfoot, and they they always tell me. Hey, um, Billy is into Bigfoot. You should talk to him. Yeah, like yeah, I get that him. a lot. And I would go, yeah. I go, just because he's in the Bigfoot doesn't mean I got to go to the woods with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I always yeah. say that. So, <laughs> <laughs> I I do get that. I do actually appreciate it though, because I've I have, I have reached out to some people because of suggestions from listeners, and they've been awesome to to yeah people to talk to so I don't kind of dismiss that straight away but I do get a lot of suggestions of oh this person is really interesting you should get in touch with them and so mm-hmm. I, I do I make a note of all of those and and I might I might get around to it and I might not kind of depends on you know how, yeah. how I'm feeling at the time or or whether I'm you know stuck for material and and can't think of some new stuff and then I go oh yeah there was that person somebody suggested I might look them up yeah um, Cause I know, I know whenever, like I was, I was, you know, I was thinking, I said, you know, I haven't had anybody from Australia or anybody talk. And I love Yowie. I love Yowie stories. And I just typed in Spotify, Yowie. And you're the first person popped, like popped up. Oh, cool. I said, I said, I'm going to listen to this show. So I listened to a couple episodes. I said, I'm going to reach out to her because I, you know, one, I, I like her tone. I like what she's about and I'm going to reach out. Cause like, I try, I, you know, I try my best to, put forward like women on the podcast that I, you know, that I do. I, you know, I try to like interview, like I, I interviewed uh, the Goo Girls Paranormal out of San Antonio. It's all girls paranormal group. Oh, I love it. And then, 
And then there was a there's a lady in Florida named Marie Dumont. She runs her own Bigfoot groups, and there's not many ladies that run a group. No. And so I reached out to her and said, "Hey, you want to come on the show?" And she goes, "Yeah." So, so, and then I I reached out to you, and I was glad that you like responded, like because I know you asked me a couple questions, and but you know I was I would probably do the same thing, but I was really happy there. Oh my god, she's gonna come on my show. <laughs> Oh, that's how I feel when I when I reach out to people too. Like it's oh my god, they said yes. <laughs> so, I still get the same nerves, you know. That what I have been doing recently though is reading the Sasquatch Sasquatch Message to Humanity by Sunbow. Have you heard of that hmm. before? I have not. Oh my you god! Should, <laughs> you should send me the link, or oh, where I, can I can send get you. It. Yeah, so it's there's three books, but the first book you can get as a free audio book on YouTube. I'll send you a link. So Sunbow, he was chosen by a Sasquatch elder whose name is Kamu. And Kamu asked Sunbow to to write down this really, really important message that that the Sasquatch people had for the human people. And Mm -hmm. it is fascinating. It is all about the history of the universe, like the real history of the universe, not what, what mm-hmm. human beings believe is the history of the universe. Uh, it goes into why they can become invisible, why they can speak telepathically. They are so w- way more intelligent. Um, well, not more intelligent. They're highly intelligent beings. They exist in the astral plane a lot of the time, which is why we can't see them. Um, mm-hmm. and which is why they can lower their frequency, their electromagnetic frequency and become denser and then we can see them, but they actually live most of the time invisible to the human eye. Um, uh, it, it's the most amazing, the most amazing book, Bob. I've been, I, I've spent the last few weeks just get, but like not being able to put it down going, oh my God, if this is true and it, it feels you know when you read things and you go, oh man, that sounds like it's bullshit, or yeah, you get a reaction like this is ring, this is resonating, this sounds true to me. This book sounds true to me. Uh, it's quite remarkable, and it's completely opened my eyes to the possibilities of what our hairy friends might really be capable of, and right. who they might really, who they really are. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend. Highly recommend that if you're not into into reading as much, you can get that that first book as an audio book. Um, I'll send okay. you a link. It's um, really cool. I I will say, is there is there any ogum in that at all? Do is there know? any what? Ogum. Have you, have you heard of ogum? Ogum. No. O- ogum is a, a a Celtic language, an oh. old old language. Oh. It's not it's not anymore. Uh, when it, whenever I was doing Bigfoot research in like in, in the early two thousands. Uh, we were finding like these stick formations in Paris, Texas, and we were trying to figure out what it was, you know, because I, I know I've talked to Gary Lynn about this in great oh, detail. Yeah, 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 yeah. And because yeah, he, you know, he's the finder. And so he he's the, he's the glyph finder, and, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so I was asking him what, what he thought about this. So I was telling him, I said, man, you know, we used to get these stick formations. And one of the guys I was researching with uh said hey i'm gonna send this to somebody and then this it was like a different like a person in like in a different state and they reached out and said hey this looks like ogum this looks like celtic language or old language that maybe the native americans were using or something yeah and so that 
blew my freaking mind out. <laughs> and I go, holy shit. And like, there was other people in other states that were finding like the exact same thing, like the same kind of patterns and yeah. stuff. And so I never reported that. Like this was like in 2005, 2004, because I didn't want to be made fun of. I just, I didn't want to. And then uh, I was talking to my my mentor, Luke, Luke Gross, and he was he was discovering that like we we went through a period where we weren't talking that much because we were just busy with life and he was finding stuff with ogum and he was like he, he brought it to mind i go what the hell did you just say he says i think it's ogum and we, we were just freaked out i mean because it, it it may not be ogum but it's it's an ancient we just thought it was an ancient language maybe was passed down from the native americans and so I, you know maybe it's um Maybe they're getting it from the the Aborigines or stuff as well. So well, the, there is there is evidence, archaeological evidence that Vikings were landed on the North American continent, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So so if there was contact, Viking contact, they would have brought their runes, their their and that that particular language, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not it's not outside the realms of possibility that that yeah. That, so that language that, is is was used then by the Sasquatch people. Yeah. So that that blew my mind, and I was just like, oh, "What the hell is this?" And so, yeah. so I mean, I'm I'm completely open to a lot of stuff. So I mean, that's stuff like that I find fascinating, and I just love it. And uh, but you know, I kind of just moved toward just podcasting now, and so I kind of I kind of think you know what I don't you know I I don't know if I ever told you this, Sarah, but I don't call myself a podcaster anymore. What I call you? myself I call myself a cryptid sports entertainer. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so cryptid that's what, sport, cryptid but, sports entertainer. <laughs> yeah. So I, I say it like this cryptid sports entertainer. That's what I say like that. So. <laughs> I love but, it. I'm gonna have to but think of I kinda, it. I'm like, I, I might I need to can, borrow that. <laughs> hey, do it, do it. I I kinda I kinda see us as like, you know like sports illustrated for cryptid people, you know, we, we, <laughs> yeah. we report what other people are doing. And so, and like, I think Attila Caldi put it really, really well. Cause he was telling, we we're talking about paranormal stuff. I said, Hey, did you ever take anything home? Did you ever do this? He goes, Bob, I don't, I don't do it. I just, I just put the camera out and I just record it. That's all I do. <laughs> and I go, I love that. So that's kind of what like Steven and me, uh, Steven and I do uh, my nephew, cause I've taken like my nephew, in the woods ever since he was like a little kid and so he's like in his 30s now and so he's gone he's gone with me to the woods whenever i've done research and whenever i interview people he's been with me so he's not really a bigfoot researcher but he's been with me a lot so he's seen a lot of stuff and so we don't we don't do and like in, unless someone reaches out to me and wants help then i will help them like in the field but i kind of don't do it anymore but uh i kind of like i like to see it as we report what we used to do and so Whatever people are doing now, I probably did like 20 years ago. And, you know, people put out food and cameras and stuff. So we were doing that 20 years ago. But anyway, but uh, I really enjoy being a cryptid sports entertainer. (laughs) I love it. Oh, that's kind of what I am most of the time. I don't do a whole lot of field research, although I have been... I've been out in the last. Mm-hmm. I've been out in the last few days, and and I go up a few times a year to Queensland to to go out researching with with the boys, with Gary and, and Dean and Gary and them, yeah, and, yeah. and uh, 
but buck. you know what? I got to get I got to get Buck on. Oh yeah, buck on Buck is so love talking about easy people to talk to. He's the loveliest yeah. man and just has beautiful thoughts in his head, and he's just a, a, yes. a really kind-hearted, um, articulate, uh, smart. Beautiful man. So yeah, I'll put you in touch with him. He's he's um he, he's the one that actually did the video, right? Yeah, he, yeah. Like recorded the video. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're getting okay. they're getting a little bit of crap at the moment. There's a there's a couple of other researchers out there um, who are uh, we suspect it, it's coming from stemming from jealousy more than anything else. Um, <laughs> but they're 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 trying to say that that Gary and Dean hoaxed. Buck, like, because Buck, he, Buck is such a gentleman and so sweet yeah. and gentle that people, no one can believe that he's capable of hoaxing. But they, so they think that, but they, but they do think he's dumbass because he's he's been he's been hoaxed by Gary and Dean, uh, which is absolute <laughs> bullshit, of course, um, absolute bullshit. But yeah, <laughs> but it's funny that everyone suspects. Poor Buck of being the the patsy in the in the story, yeah, and and Dean and Gary being the nasty hoaxes. It's quite funny, quite funny. It look it looks real to me whenever I watched it. So oh, it look I wasn't there, it's scary. but it's I, scary. Yeah, and I was on the phone to Dean that night, multiple like because he often messages me when they're out. Just to, to keep mm-hmm. to keep, help me like feel like I'm 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 there because I get so right. I get FOMO all the time, um, and and I feel like I'm missing out. So he often messages me when they're out there just to keep me in you know up to date with what's going on. And um, they sent that to me that night. Like I I spoke to them that night. The excitement in their voices was one hundred percent genuine. I I would stake my life on that footage being genuine. There's no way. That, right. I, I know those boys anyway really, really well. They're all really good friends of mine. We message each other all the time and we have for years. Yeah. I've spoken to them so much. like it, And I've spoken to them about that night. They've taken me to the exact place. Like I stood there mm-hmm. right at that clump of trees behind which the, the two Yowies were, were standing. So um, right. there is no way that was faked at all. I know these people. Uh, and I get, I do get a little bit annoyed on their behalf that people are people who weren't there and who um, are kind of blackening their their besmirching their character and blackening their name um, by suggesting that they're liars and hoaxes. I, I get a bit, uh, you know, annoyed on their behalf. But um, there's that. There's no way that was faked. So haters you know. gonna haters gonna hate. Hater, haters do. gonna hate. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Uh, and I and I just think that because it's probably the best footage in Australia. Yes, it is, um, and some of the best footage in the world. So yeah, I think I have to agree with that. So, so I, I think there's quite a lot of um, envy there, and 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 you know guys who think it's a it's a it's a pissing competition, and um, they they they're feeling inferior. I think that's coming from that a lot of the time. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Is there anything else Bigfoot related you wanted to talk about? Or do you want to talk, or do you want to talk about some paranormal stuff? We, we can talk some paranormal stuff. Okay, well let's let's move on to the the paranormal realm. <laughs> what can you tell me? So, yeah, so the you know most of the time whenever I you know I I was a case director for a while, but most of the the, the really good stuff that I caught I was doing Bigfoot stuff. While I was doing you know I was in the field, and so um, remember that where I was talking earlier about the the Kimichi Mountains and my friend had a property there, right? And so we we would go up there and just like just you know go up there for the weekend and just put out cameras and stuff like that and like sometimes you know he had a name uh my my friend that had the cabin up there had a neighbor that was probably like i don't know like 200 yards away uh and uh we could we could see his cabin from the distance but it was like trees between it but we could vaguely see it and so we were you know sitting in front of his you know his cabin we had like a we had a fire going and we were just sitting outside talking and then we see this car come up the road and like uh, his neighbor would chop wood like really, really well. And he had a stack that was really good. So anytime he pulled up, we would, you know, in Oklahoma, they they have like watered down beer. So we would bring Texas beer Ew. with us. <laughs> so, <laughs> that sounds disgusting. <laughs> so so we, we would bring Texas beer with us and we would trade his neighbor for Texas beer for wood. And so he would go, yes. Yeah. So his Texas beer is stronger. And so uh, we see this car coming up the road and we said, hey, uh, your neighbor's coming. I said, let's I go, let's grab some Texas beer and go get some wood. He goes, OK. So we 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 grab the beer and we walk up the road and we can see this vehicle coming up the road. And it was like two headlights, clearly two headlights coming. And as we're getting closer, I said, is he going to come all the way down here and meet us? And we go, I guess. And so we're walking up. It's probably like a good hundred yards away. He's getting closer, and I think as we're getting closer to this vehicle, there we notice that there's no engine at all. There's no engine going. It's quiet, and we go, um, "Is that a car? Is, you know, is that a car?" And we we weren't really sure. And so I think this these two headlights now noticed us. It stopped in the middle of the road as we're walking closer to it. Um, these two headlights just took off in the woods, and they were like going. They were flying around trees and these lights they change they change from like white yellow to blue green red purple and then orange and then just it just went into the woods oh, wow and i go and i and i looked at my my friend and he looked at me and i said let's walk back so we walked <laughs> back we walked back and we had like we had like notepads because we would write down stuff whenever stuff would happen i said don't don't talk about it write down what you saw and so we would write down what we saw and then we would trade notes and, and read it to see if we saw the exact same thing and we saw the exact same thing. <laughs> so, so I don't know what that was that freaked me the heck out. How, and, go, so, and they were the, like the same size as car headlights. Yes. The exact, it looked exactly like headlights. 
Right, and they and, exactly like, and like parallel to each other, same level. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. So it fooled us into thinking it was a vehicle, and um, I don't know why. I don't know why that happened, and it just like it it freaked us out, and like we were, you know, we got some some Bigfoot calls later on that night, but uh, that freaked us out pretty bad. And then yeah. um, that same property, I think we put an audio out and uh, further down. Uh, this trail it was probably like three in the morning and then we heard like a little girl say mommy mommy and and it it was like there was no footsteps there was no footsteps nothing we just heard mommy mommy and we were like listening to the audio and I go did you hear that Is, is that right and so we would get stuff like that while in the field all the time and it was just it's very very creepy and was that something? Know. Was I mean, that something you recorded that you didn't hear at the time, but that you listened to later? Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't know we got it because we would. We would take the tape recorders because we had. We had like some some digital recorders. We would just put it in crooked trees or just on a, a boulder or something, and we would just like leave it and walk off, to see if we would get anything at all. And then we would get something like that all the time. It was just. There's something about. Go like ch- ghosts and children that mm-hmm. creep me out way more than anything else. You know those yeah. that, those black eyed children and any anything yeah. that's ghosty and children or some demonic entity putting on a child's voice. Um, yes. That just freaks the hell out of me. You know, in like our podcast, we don't we try not to talk about politics. We try not to talk about religion that much, but sometimes. You know, that stuff kind of crosses a little bit, especially like religion and stuff. And so, you know, it's as a paranormal researcher, we, you know, we, I don't never like to say it's a demon. I never like to say that. But, you know, if, if someone is weak or someone, you know, lets a demon in and then they're in, they're in for a long haul. And I, and I hate to say that. And I rarely tell people that it's, it's a demon. So I always try to, do a case and try to just tell them, I say, okay, we're going to observe what's going on. And then how, you know, whatever we find, we can, you know, find a resolution for it, whether you're whatever religion that you seem to follow, we can, we, cause we used to always have like a, a Christian and uh, a pastor or a rabbi or a priest or a shaman available to help people whenever we would ever do paranormal stuff. So, but that, that stuff, like I, I hate to hear stuff like that whenever it comes to like a child, you know, being heard when there's there's no children in the house. Yes. So yeah, that's yeah. that's always creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super creepy, super creepy. And and have you have you had paranormal experiences in? Have they have you all be, always been out in the woods, or are you investigating haunted homes as well? You know, I've I've had I've we we've done a bunch of houses because like whenever I was with the because because the group I was with was it was called. Paranormal Investigations of North Texas, and it was run by uh, uh, Kendall Rubio, and uh, she was a great lady, by the way. Um, so we would always take precedence whenever it involved children. So anytime we had children involved, we would always like you know put them at the very top and take care of them. But most of the cases I end up doing uh, with her on that, we always debunked, and it was we used to always debunk stuff and. You know, there's a lot of people that would watch TV, you know, and I call it TV saturation whenever someone watches Ghost Adventures a bunch of times and they will <laughs> yeah. tell me about an incident that I think that was the episode of Ghost Adventures. 
but um but most of the stuff that we would get would be like in commercial buildings for some reason and i don't know why but we we used to get stuff all the time there and we used to get shadows and all kinds of crazy stuff and it's just um you know i'm not with that group anymore that group is you know it's no longer together anymore but uh, but it was like a lot of experiences and like it was kind of odd because Kendall used to always ask everybody in the group who wants to go to the basement by themselves or who wants to go to the attic by themselves. <laughs> no fucking way. <laughs> and, but I used to, Sarah, I used to say, I'll do it because oh like God. I used to be, I used to be like in a creek bed, an empty creek bed in the middle of the night waiting on Bigfoot. They would, people yeah. would say, hey, yeah. Bob, go down there. And so I say, I used to be in a creek bed by myself. I go, at least I got a roof on me. So I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm, I am the opposite. I give me, give me Bigfoot any day over. In fact, a friend of mine sent me something, some Facebook group, a link to a Facebook group that it's a paranormal, Mm -hmm. you know, hauntings and scary footage and stuff like that. And I messaged her and said, this stuff, this stuff scares the crap out of me. Oh, give me a yowie any day over, give me, and I've been out in the bush in the middle of the night too. I would much rather that than be dealing with ghosts in a, in a, in a haunted house. There's, you know, I I, I would, I'm not quite sure why, but (laughs) yeah, I would tell you this, that, you know, if you leave, you know, the woods, the yowie stays there. (laughs) <laughs> right so yeah. but if but if you go to a paranormal house that might that might follow you home so yes, yeah i exactly. agree with you on that so yeah what's that movie and it scared me so much um the entity um from yes. many years ago and it was and these are the ones that scare me more of course because they're based it was based on a true story but it's a woman mm-hmm. who who is attacked and and violently attacked and raped multiple times by a a, a, a spirit um, or mm. a demon or something, but the movie, I, I used to remember that when I was at home alone at night and, and then go, oh my God, no, don't, don't think of the movie. Cause I, I was thinking if I even thought about it for a second, I would end up attracting a demon yeah. or, a, you know, a, a spirit like that. Um, I, I don't know. It, it could very well be Hollywood's fault <laughs> and the way that these things are depicted in the cinema um, are so scary for good. I mean, it's entertainment, so it's 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 right. designed to be like that. It could be then that we we're all just conditioned to fear all of this stuff when it's actually not as quite as scary as as we think it might be. Yeah, I don't know. Absolutely, I think, and I think since since I've been sick, you know, and I'm sick and I like recovered and stuff. I don't. I haven't done a lot of paranormal. I've been asked to do paranormal stuff. Because uh, I'm still running a paranormal group on Facebook, and when people reach out to me, I'm I still try to I, I try to help them, uh, try to find people to can help them like right away and stuff. But I've been asked to do stuff, but since I recovered, I I find myself that I'm you know I'm not strong enough to go to any place that may have an entity that's strong. When I was I, I whenever I I was going I was recovering, my ex girlfriend. Um, lives in Arizona and she asked me to fly out there to go see her. So I went out, I flew out there to go see her. And I had just bought this camera, this, uh, this night vision camera that had like night, you know, uh, night vision. And, and I bought these like two K2 meters and we're walking like in the desert right next to her, her house. And, uh, there's nothing out there, Sarah, there's no like wires. There's no, you know, uh, electrical wires or whatever, anything out there to, to, and like my K2 meter was going off at 20 milligauss and that's a lot. Three milligauss is a lot. 
20 milligauss is massive. That's like almost putting it against like a, a breaker to a house or something. Right. And so it was going off constantly. And I was looking at, I was looking at her and she goes, what is that? I go, I don't know. There's something here. And so we're walking out of the desert and back into her neighborhood and we're walking back to her house and it was continuous the whole time. It's 20 milligauss just kept going. And it wasn't the camera. Cause I checked the camera before it wasn't the camera. wasn't my watch. wasn't my phone, nothing. So it just kept going. And I have a, a gentleman that's in that group. Uh, his name is Scott Perry. He's a good guy. You should have him on your show. Um, okay. Um, he's, he's a witch. And so I called him, I said, Hey dude, I got something that's lingering. Cause like my ex-girlfriend looked at me and she says, Rob, I don't want that shit in my house. <laughs> I go, okay. <laughs> so I call this guy and then, you know, in Texas, I was in Arizona. I called him and go, Hey dude, I got this something going on. It's following me. Uh, and it's, uh, it's sending off this K2 meter and it's like 20 milligauss. And he goes, okay, hold on. So he started doing this chant, this Latin chant. And he says, whatever's out there, Robert, it's, it's mean and it's aggressive and it may cause, you know, disease and whatever, you know, whatever you got, it may linger. So let me just do, just do this chant. So he did this chant for me. He said, put some salt out at all the entrances. So we did that. And like 10 minutes into it, it was gone. It stopped, it stopped going. And so stuff like that will follow you even when you don't even know it. Yes. Yeah. 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 So that was pretty scary. So, <laughs> yeah. and I wasn't, I wasn't even looking for anything. I was just, I walked out there just to test this camera. I go, I'm going to test this camera. I'm going to go out to this, you know, the, like this desert right next to your house. And I'm going to see how well this camera picks up. And it was picking up great, but apparently it picked up something too well. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I know someone who stayed overnight in a, in a motel and, and picked mm-hmm. something up there, picked up a negative attachment, um, that he needed to wow. get rid of later. Yeah, yeah. P- apparently that they're, they're common places to pick up an attachment is, is the pub or, you know, a hotel or a bar. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it's a really common place where you, you might inadvertently pick up a negative attachment. Yeah, I mean, and I, I tell people this all the time. I go, it could be anything. It could be it could be a, a piece of jewellery. It could be, a, a, you know, a piece of like old furniture. Uh, it could yeah. be a stone. It could be lots of things. It could be a metal uh, or it could even actually just, you know, just be the ground because like quartz and like um, limestone, it, it, it attracts energy and it just keeps it there sometimes. Mm. And then if, if you got running water under your house, it's the same thing too. I mean, people don't realize that, you know, there's lots of stuff because when you know, people say, well, the house is haunted. It probably is not the house. It's probably like the actual land itself. Yeah. Yeah. So. That, that actually so, happens here quite a lot too. We, mm-hmm. I've spoken to quite a few people who have, you know, have had a, their house, they've moved into a house, it's, it's haunted, they've had someone, mm-hmm. someone who knows about these things come and check it out and there's an original Australian spirit there mm-hmm. uh, because that ground was, um, you know, a, a, a burial ground or a ceremonial ground uh, or a terrible battle took place and lots of people were killed there um and then Mm. they built houses on top and people don't realize that the energy in the land is still there Mm -hmm. exactly i've been pretty lucky though in all the houses that i've lived in especially in the the years that i was living in in madrid in in spain i lived in really old buildings and never had never had issues with with ghosts which is which is good 
That's why you talk Spanish all the time. Okay. Sí, señor. Así es porque hablo español. Es porque estuve en español durante nueve años. That's very... Oh, my God. That's... You have... Your accent's pretty good, too. I, I like that. Es un acento madrileño, so. además. Because <laughs> I, I, I noticed that you were doing that to me, like, whenever I, you had, I had you on my show. Yeah, yeah. And you were doing that to me. I said, why is he speaking Spanish? Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> so, uh, any any opportunity, sense. any opportunity, if I notice someone has a Spanish surname, then I'll I'll crack yeah. out the Spanish because I, I just love I love practicing it. That's awesome. Uh, I love that. You should, and, yeah, you should, you should come time. to Texas. You, you, oh. You'd use it all the time. Oh, I'd love to come to Texas. <laughs> uh, there's, there, there's, a, there's a big trip that I'm going to do at some point in the future, but I think I, yeah. I might need quite a few trips to do the United States because the, right. there's a lot of it to do. There's so much, yeah, so much to look at. I'm actually, you know what? I'm actually more afraid. I'm not afraid of Yowies when I'm out there. I am afraid right. of, because I've been out there a, a couple of days by myself and mm -hmm. I'm afraid of uh, scary, axe-murdering, crazy, psycho men more than I am. I, I don't blame of, you. Yeah. You. This poor woman in a town not too far away from me um, was out doing a, a, she goes on bush runs. And so she was just running out in the bush and some man came out and and, and assaulted her and um, beat the crap out of her with a metal bar and just unprovoked, not, just random guy. Um, right. And so that's, it's things like that that, that's more of the reason why I don't do as much field research as I would like to. Right. I'm more I, I don't frightened. blame you. Yeah, I know. It's been a bit, but it fucking sucks. I get really angry about it. And I, I was saying to my husband the other day, I really need to do some self-defense lessons so that, and, and, and have, some, have some moves down pat and, and automatic so that I don't feel quite as afraid. Or just take you like a, like, you know, like a baton or something, a baton or a pepper spray. Yeah, baton and pepper spray is a good idea. I remember someone telling me a long time ago, never, ever take a knife with you unless you know how to use that knife because it can be easily mm. taken off you and used against you. But I reckon pepper spray is probably a good idea. Yeah, I usually carry like a like a baton with me because uh, I use it for like tree knots. And oh. it's it, sound, it sounds different from a tree and whenever you do it on a tree. And like, you know, Bigfoot's will probably think, I said, what the hell is that? Let's go see what it is. So, <laughs> That's a good idea. I love but, that. Uh, but I, I will tell you this. I've been in the, I've been in like, I went out to do two cases in East Texas and two times I got shot at, you know, oh, when, I got out, when I when I got on the people's property, this one guy shot at me and I, I ducked down and I jumped back in my car and I took off. And then he later called me and goes, Hey, I'm sorry. I didn't know it was you. Can you come back? I go, hell no. <laughs> I'm not coming back. Hell no. So, <laughs> So he shot at you. Go, no. Like he doesn't even know who you are or why you're there. Yeah. He doesn't know you're a threat and he shot at you anyway. Yeah. Far so, ahead. I mean, he, I think he called me out to do, you know, to go talk to him about, you know, his incident. So I drove out there. So I guess, I don't know. I guess he wasn't expecting a Spanish guy or something. I don't know. So, <laughs> cause, Cause I'll just tell you this, Sarah, there's not, there's not a lot. When I first started, there wasn't a lot of Spanish people doing Bigfoot stuff. Right. You know, it's probably me and Daniel Perez and, uh, maybe a guy with the Pennsylvania Bigfoot Society, and then that was it. But now there's a lot of Spanish people in it now. But when I first started, man, there wasn't that many Spanish people. And my mom would, she'd, you know, get mad at me because I would go do Bigfoot stuff. <laughs> sorry, sorry, just, sorry. Oh, that's so awful though, Bob, isn't it? It's it's bloody awful that someone would it is. Would, yeah. um, would take a shot at you 
Yeah, you've been invited to the house. Um, yeah, but he, but he still. Maybe he was. Maybe he was really frightened and had had a really scary experience or something. And yeah, I don't know. It's a bit I mean, weird though. I mean, I've I've had guys like I've driven I've driven out to go do like a sighting report, and this one dude he was like six seven and he was like three hundred pounds. He had a Bigfoot chase him out of a tr- out of a tree stand, and it was in it was in Dangerville, Texas. And he and I drove to his house, knocked on the door. He opened the door, but he still had the chain on it. And he wouldn't open the door any further. He just slid out a map, said, this is where I saw it. See you later. Shut the door. <laughs> and, and, you know, in situations like that, I mean, I would, yeah. I, he's not paying you. You're doing him right. a favor. And mm-hmm. he's treating you like, like <laughs> shit that he stepped on. Um, yeah. That's just, so, that's terrible. It is. And so I drove out, I saw the map, I drove out and I couldn't find any evidence because it was like, it was, it was compact clay, you know, and that's. Oh, it was yeah. you weren't yeah. gonna see any footprints. And so yeah. I went out there and looked and didn't see nothing, didn't feel, didn't feel like sometimes I go out to an area and I feel where there's there's you know, you can kind of tell there's Bigfoot out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's really quiet and you know, you don't hear any bugs yeah. or any animals, and then all of a sudden you do. So uh I didn't feel anything, so I drove back and I called him. I said, Hey, I don't see anything out there, so sorry, bye. And I left. So but yeah, I've had that. I've had stuff like that happen to me. And thanks for making me feel so welcome. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like a five-hour drive. I drove over Jesus. to his house. And... <laughs> so... Oh, he's a. He, there's no. Here, come on in. Let me make you a cup of coffee or have yeah. a beer. No, that's something. So, oh, shit. I mean, I, I've dr- I've driven out one time to this one guy's house in East Texas, and I knocked on the door, and the lady answers, and oh, she's like sweeping, and she goes. She goes, are you Bob? I go, I'm Bob. And she goes, he's out back. Go ahead and go out back. So I walk around his house, open the gate, and I walk back there. And this guy, he's like, he's cooking a hog, like a, like a wild boar. Mm-hmm. And he's cooking it, and like he's turning it while he's cooking. And he has tortillas out already and like cilantro and <laughs> onions and limes and stuff. He goes, hey, hey, uh, you know, do you want a plate while we talk? I go, yeah, sure. So I grab a plate, you know, Yum. cut some of the... <laughs> so, so, I've had stuff like that happen to me in the field. So, I mean, it's like so much stuff. I mean, I could go on and on about some of the stuff I've run into in the woods and people I've talked to and Gabe Mortons and all kinds of stuff. So, you must have run into some really interesting characters. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of strange ones, too. I mean, I mean, this, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not making fun of people, but some people are just, just strange and uh, not everybody are. I mean, some people are nice and some people are just weird and you just got to be careful and pick and choose who you talk to and kind of, you know, because I I mean, some people I would, I would call for like months after they had an incident and I would, because like, because I, you know, whenever I started doing Bigfoot stuff, Sarah, I, I wanted to prove this animal existed and I kind of moved toward, you know, I just want to help people because there's, there's clearly a lot of, because most of the people I was dealing with was people that weren't prepared to see a Bigfoot and they they would have nightmares. Like the one guy I talked to, he had night terrors for 20 years until I talked to him. Yeah, and I, and I, and I explained to him that this Bigfoot, you know, this Bigfoot stepped out of the woods because it was, it was, he was going to the river to go pick up fish and this, that was his food source. So this Bigfoot stepped out and confronted him, stopped him from getting in this fish, this fish trap. And so I told him that this is probably, you know, this Bigfoot was, you know, he was the monarch of the family and he, had to feed his kids. He never once thought that this thing had kids. 
or offspring or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just thought it was a monster. And I told him that and he, he was happy. So I kind of just moved into just, I want to help people deal with this. So if the podcast helps people, you know, deal with it, I, I love it. I mean, cause I want to help people. And I said, if you want to come on the podcast, great. If you don't, if you still want to talk to me, I'll still talk to you. Yeah. I do. And, and we'll talk about it. So that's, a, that's just what I want to do. I just want to help people. And I want to, you know, because cope with it and explain to them why. And if they want a resolution, I try to give them like a resolution because some people say, I don't want to see it again. I, you know, you know what I'll end up doing. And I would try to give them like a resolution. So. Have you ever spoken to any police officers or local sheriffs yes. or anything? Like what, what do they say? Yeah, I, I'll say, I'll say this really Cause like one time we had a story of a Bigfoot in Oklahoma in this town called Concho. Uh, we heard a story on the internet of this Bigfoot going behind his casino and drinking out of a grease pit. And we heard the story. And so uh, me and this guy named Todd Partain, he used to do documentaries in the 90s. He, do, he doesn't do them anymore, but he did this one documentary called uh, Eyes in the Dark. It was really good. And I met up with him and we drove to Concho to go talk uh, to this casino. It was on it was on a reservation. So we had to get permission to be there. And so once we got permission, we tried to look at this video in this in this uh, the casino, the Native American people. If you're non-Native American, they don't want you there. Yeah. So they clammed up and didn't want to show us the video. I said, we drove all the way up here. We're not I go, we're not leaving. We drove all the way up here. Come on. So we had to go into town and talk to some elders. They gave us some paperwork. We had to have a, a Native American liaison with us. So we walked it. We drove into town, started talking to people. No one wanted to talk to us. So we would go to the edge of the woods and see if anybody was there, anything was going on. This Native, Native of Affairs officer pulls up. And he thought we, he was going to impound us because we're non-Native Americans. So he came out. We showed him the paperwork. We had a liaison. We were fine. He goes, okay. I had a tape recorder. And I and I leaned toward him. I said, can you talk about Bigfoot out here? He says, turn that off and I'll talk to you. And I go, <laughs> so I turn. He goes, man, they're here all the time. I have to, I get three calls a week on Bigfoot. I go, yeah, they're right. here all the time. Wow. So... <laughs> Three so calls a I, week. Yeah, he would tell me all the time because like there was heavy Bigfoot in this area, and so I was I was never able to look at the video. But I was I interviewed a guy uh, last episode last season, and he was our liaison, and so he told us what exactly was on the video, and so he said there was a twelve foot Bigfoot came up, picked up this this uh, barrel of grease and started drinking out of it, and the security guards uh, they had like their own. Uh, security guards for the casino came out to see what it was and it was a Bigfoot. It dropped it and just took off running. So, and I think there was a light under this grease pit and the light was 14 feet off the ground and this Bigfoot's head was like two feet under it. So it's like 12 foot, oh, 12 foot Bigfoot. Right. Yeah. So I got to talk to, you know, a, a native of, of affairs, Indian, you know, I mean, um, police officer and he, he says, yeah, I, they're here all the time, but I can't go on the record and yeah. talk to you about it. <laughs> so, And I imagine the, the, the game wardens that you've come across have a similar story. They might talk to you off the record. but You know, I, all the native, I mean, all the native, I mean, all the game wardens I've dealt with and park rangers I've dealt with, Sarah and Texas, they, they don't want you there. They don't want, and I've talked to, I talked to Yowie Dan about this. And he says, why? I said, man, I don't know. They're, they're just, they don't, they don't want you there. Cause I had a buddy of mine that was, 
he was a constable out in East Texas and he had a radio at his house. And so a CB radio. So he would call me sometimes and he says, Hey, are you in town? I go, yeah. He says, the radio's chatter's going because they say that you're in town. <laughs> I go, really? And so we would drive up to areas that we knew had Bigfoot. And then I think they had sensors on the road. And so as we crossed these sensors, they would come out and they would just show up and just that hang out with us until we left. And so, but we would tell them we were doing Bigfoot stuff. So a year went by, I was, I was going to school at a, at a, at a school ID. And so whenever the, the park rangers or game wardens would come talk to us, I would say, Oh, I'm just writing a paper on deer migration and I'm doing soil samples. <laughs> and he goes, he, and he goes, let me see your ID. And I'd pull it out and look and show him. He goes, okay, whatever. And uh, they would leave. I go, <laughs> I go yeah. So, I like that. That's so, a good excuse. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I ended up doing a lot of times. So I was just going, okay, well, I'm going to do this. And because they, they would hang out with us until we left. They wouldn't, they wouldn't let us do anything. How annoying. You know, we couldn't bring out equipment. Yeah, it was. It was. I think there was a couple areas in Sulphur Springs, Texas, that we had to give up because the game more because eventually the government bought this land we were on, and right. so we couldn't. So we couldn't go back out there. So we would go out there and do some stuff. We would get calls. We would see tree breaks, all kinds of stuff, and then eventually they just bought it and said we couldn't go back out there. So okay, whatever. And shut the and so. shut the whole story down. Yeah, so it was just one of those things. So game wardens in Texas, they don't they don't agree with us. So <laughs> I think um, from what I I haven't spoken to any myself, but I, I've certainly spoken to other researchers and other people who've spoken to them, and and uh, they're they're often you know chatty off the record. Certainly nothing on the record, but um, mm-hmm. some of them are, are chatty, and some of them don't want you around. I mean. I, I know researchers who sneak into places and, and sneak into places they're not supposed to be. So uh, mm-hmm. generally they, they don't encourage uh, trespassing. Um, but but I, I, I would imagine if there's an area that's, that has high activity, you're going to find that shut down pretty quickly. Yeah, because like in Texas, um, there's, there's like a lot of lumber going on. And oh. if you were to – if you were to – discover a unclassified animal then that that lumber industry would be shut down exactly, so exactly so i i mean i'm not surprised that happens i've heard stories of of like trains or 18 wheelers hitting bigfoots and um and then a black van shows up and then hauls it away yeah so i've he- i've heard stories about it i've heard it from another person from another person you know hearsay stuff like that so I mean, uh, is there is there any you know truth to it? I don't know, but I, I you hear it all the time, and government would just show up and just take it away. So that way, you know, you can't prove it exists there. So yeah, exactly, exactly. I've I've heard the odd story like that too. Um, men in black come and and take the body away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I would I would be more scared of them than the Bigfoot. So. Hell yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, <laughs> and you can just so, get the government will just disappear you. That's that's way scarier. Uh, glad you got back into podcasting after you know all that that incident that you had. I was really happy. I was I was praying for you whenever you were going through your stuff. So oh, thanks, Bob. Uh, I'm I'm really happy. So thank you. I really appreciate that. That's really kind. I did I did actually have. A few months off, like I, I didn't do any interviewing, right. I didn't do any shows. 
Um, I've, I'm only just starting to, like January this year, I've started just slowly building up again. Like it, it was a combination of, you know, the, the, the nasty car accident that really knocked me around and then mm-hmm. we had – we had major flooding here at the farm and all the land mm-hmm. around here for months. It was it was a really slow flood, but but uh, uh, quite scary at the same time because you, you're on you're you're hyper vigilant all the time. Your your anxiety is mm. high for months, and I don't have here. Um, we've got the farm. We don't have a house on the farm, so we we stay in a in a trailer in a caravan. Where, where mm-hmm. I do have the house, which is a couple of hours drive away from here, that is a small country town, but the, the, the little dirt, dirt road that I live on, somebody bought all the land around there and subdivided it and started building houses. So uh, the noise, I was, there was a house being built right next door to me all of last year and all of every interview that I recorded was full of I, I was so anxious because I had excavators and diggers and uh, machines mm. that go beep 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 every time they re- yeah. every time they reverse and I had power tools and and so it was it was so hard getting the show out and getting and I got I managed to get one out every week most of last year and then when I had the car accident in October um, I mm. I just I fell in a bit of a heap it was just it was a really hard year and then the to end the year like that, I, I, I just, it really knocked me around. So I haven't, I'm not really, I'm only putting a show out once every two weeks at the moment. Um, yeah. Working back up to doing one a week, but I'm not in That's a, hard though. That's hard it, though. It, it is hard. It is. It, it, I don't know how people, other people do multiple shows a week. Uh, I, I, getting one out one a week is, is hard work. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm aiming towards, I've got, um, Cade Moyer, actually, I believe, podcast, he's a graphic designer and has a, his, his, his main business is a, a website building and graphic design and logo design. So he's actually designed a new logo for me and is putting together a website for me. And my, my goal, like at the beginning of last year, my goal was to have a subscribers section. So I would do the usual free shows that I do for everybody, but then maybe to generate just a little bit of income so I can cover some of my costs, have a subscribers mm. section where I would do, you know, however many extra a, shows. A Patreon, like kind of like, like a, a Patreon? Yeah, like a Patreon, but maybe with extra material, like a members section where I would do maybe oh, like. an extra show a week. Um, that's what Cade does. And, and um, I think I like it. Yeah, it's really cool. It's $5 a month. It's not expensive. People can afford no. it. Uh, and I think they get his members get two shows, uh, two 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 shows a uh, is it two one show a week or two shows a month plus an extra live show uh, as part of that that package. And so he's designing me a website that has that subscribers function, um, right? And that's what I'm I'm working towards. But part of me's part of me's not ready to be smashing a show out every week and, yeah. do, and then doing even extra material for subscribers as well. Um, Cause I don't even have a studio. I'm like, I'm doing this in the caravan and my poor husband's over at the, the, the farm office waiting for me to finish. Like it's too, it's too small a space to work on right. things um, when you've got, when you've got two people. 
Um, and the right. noise, like I, we, we run on a generator. So I've had the generator going all day to then have enough power to do this interview without having a generator on because that spoils the recording, obviously, because you've got this noise in the background. Or if, right. it's, if it's raining, I can't, I can't record. If, if it's really windy, I can't record because uh, the, the, the wind flaps the, the awning that's outside the caravan and it makes a lot of noise. If it's really hot yeah. or really cold, if you need aircon or heating, the microphone picks it's that. It's loud. So yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's really difficult at the moment getting any shows out. <laughs> so Yeah, um, I, think, I think the first time I was supposed to be on your show, uh, it was storming. And you said, Bob, I can't do it. It's yeah, too, yeah. It's yeah. too much noise. Yeah, exactly. I, I go, okay. Yeah. I go, that's cool. <laughs> so. I know. And it's kind of like, hey, I live in a trailer. I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> but it, but it's, I have to admit to people, look, at the moment I'm living in a caravan and, uh, and I can't, there are, there are serious limitations on, on what you can produce co- content wise yeah. uh, when, when that's the situation. My husband's, He's been meaning to build me a studio for a year now. Poor guys has been. I'm, I'm, it's not his fault. He's really under the pump as well, uh, work wise. Right. So he hasn't. He just hasn't had time. But that's next on the cards. Is is building me a studio so as soundproof mm-hmm. as I can get it, so that I can then put out more. I can, I've got somewhere quiet to work that I can get out more material. But but at the moment, yeah. um, I'm just. I'm not going to. And I, I was really upset and anxious last year because with all the construction noise and then the accident and I was putting so much pressure on myself, but I, I made, I decided, you know, just take it easy on yourself, Sarah. It's okay. Yeah. If you can't, it's all right. If you can't get it one show out a week and you can't do this, it'll happen. Just don't, don't beat yourself up about it. So, so I'm not now it'll, it'll happen when, when the moment's right. Yeah, I mean, because like whenever I got sick, I got sick in, I think, April of 2021. And I got really serious like in May and June. And I didn't put out a show until December. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. And I, I had I had people reaching out to me because, hey, you haven't done a show in a while. And I go, yeah, for a reason. Because <laughs> yeah, I, I died so. for seven minutes. <laughs> yeah. So, but, you know, I like your idea of, um, doing an extra show but i was kind of thinking this is just me and i'm just talking to, i'm just talking to another uh cryptid sports entertainer um <laughs> I, I i thought it because i have a, i have a h2n zoom it's a omni direction it's an omni directional mic that i use in the field and i use it for paranormal stuff because it, it it records all around mm. and i do that and i also do whenever i'm at you know conventions i go interview people with it i just put it on a tripod and just talk to people but i i had thought about doing like doing a pre-show before the show or just like record Steven and I talking about the show, how we're getting ready for it. So I thought about recording that and just putting that out as extra material for people, you know, Hey, we're, we're preparing for the show. This is what we're doing. Yeah. That'd be, you know, that'd this, be cool. This, yeah. So I thought about doing, I thought about doing a video and then I said, yeah, I don't really like video. It's just me. I'm, I know eventually I have to get there. We have to do it. I know. I'm, not, I'm the same. I'm, oh, I'm so the same. <laughs> I, I hate it because then I've got to do so. my hair and I've got to wear makeup and yeah. I hate wearing makeup. But I'm not. I've just turned fifty and I'm I'm too self conscious about getting old and wrinkly in a world yeah. where women are supposed to be hot and you know twenty one. Um, right. I, I I feel very self conscious in front of the camera without 
hair and makeup done. But but it's such yeah. an effort. And because I'm I'm out on the farm in the dirt and the dust and with the flies and the mosquitoes, <laughs> I've, yeah. I don't even wear a bra, let alone or wax my armpits, let alone put makeup <laughs> on. So Sarah, so, I like you more now. So <laughs> so like to get organized for video is yeah. such a pain in the ass. It um, is. I don't, I don't, I don't like, cause like everybody, like there's so many people doing stuff on Facebook, like video. And I, I got asked to be on some channel on Facebook on some paranormal group. Hey, we want your Bigfoot club on here. I said, I don't do video. I don't do it. That's just one platform. I'm on multiple platforms. So good to on do you. that, I, I, I would, I would limit <laughs> myself. I don't want, cause like I'm on every, I mean, I'm on everything. I'm on Alexa, you know, YouTube rumble, uh, I'm on, you know, uh, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. I'm on everything. So I said, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing video. I'm not doing that. So go you. That's, I that's impressive. That, I, I, I am feeling yeah. the pressure about it, though. Like uh, lots of yeah, people ask, yeah. ask, when are you doing it? I wish you'd do video. You know, it's much more interesting to look at your face rather than. Do you, know, you do you do it on? Do you do it on? Uh, do you put your show on uh, on uh, YouTube or no? No, not yet. But only because I so, haven't I haven't worked out a video editing program to even put a background on it. Um, so what what I end up doing because I think I use Podbean, and Podbean oh yeah. you know generates a video for you, but it's just like like the audio moving and then your logo. And so I just I put it out like that, and then like before, I was doing like pictures of people that I interviewed, and I would they would scroll through the the video. It wouldn't oh, be that's video. A good idea. Just, yeah, that's a good idea. So I yeah. Like that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I use a, I forgot what it's called, but I'll send you the link to the video the video program that I use, and you just like add pictures to it, and it's like it's almost like doing, I don't know, like a like a presentation. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, like a slideshow for a presentation. Yeah. So that's what I do. That's how I get it on 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 YouTube. I I build in the YouTube slowly. It's like three hundred, you know, subscribers, but it's better than nothing. So. Oh yeah, that, it's more than me. <laughs> You'll get there. So, so yeah, I do. I do that. And I, I I'm just constantly doing stuff. So I how, mean, many, I, how many thousand people have you got on your Facebook group? Did you say? Uh, 12,000 followers and, and 10,000 likes. That's so awesome. I, you know, it's, it's just weird. Cause like this past year, like, cause I, I try to, I try to post like six pictures a day. You know, just to keep people, you know, engaged. And then I post like the, you know, the podcast at the end of the week. And then I, you know, I post, you know, like sometimes, like whenever I was going to interview, I post pending stuff. I say, hey, I'm going to interview Sarah Bignall this week. You know, I'm excited. You have any questions? But, you know, go on this thread and we'll ask or ask her questions. And so I do that. So I post six, like six pictures a day. And last, the last month, about 20 pictures went viral. Like they went over a hundred thousand views. Oh, wow. That's cool. And so it it just jumped up. And I don't know, I forgot when I posted it because I, I posted it ahead of time, like two days ahead of time. I posted it either at noon or I posted at six. So I kind of alternate. And so it went like 20 pictures went viral. And I got all these people subscribing now to the Facebook page. That's awesome. And I go, oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> it, it freaked me out. I said, oh my God. So. <laughs> Well, see that you're so, so you're I, good at you're good at that social media stuff. I'm hopeless. I'm I'm so not interested. I should be because it helps grow things, but I, you know, I, I really you know don't what, like social media at all. What you what you ought to do? This is just my advice to you. What you ought to do is put an ad out and get like an intern and have them do social media for you. Oh, yes, that would be fantastic. I would <laughs> you know, love that. 
And so, because what I end up doing, Sarah, is that I, I load everything on Facebook, on my Facebook page, and then it's already tied into uh, Instagram, right? It's already tied into Instagram if you have a page. And then I use this one other app called FTTF, and it's, it attaches your Instagram to a Twitter. Oh, and so cool. once, once I post it on Facebook, it automatically goes to Instagram, automatically goes to Twitter. I, don't, I only post it one time. And so I do that. And, you know, it's, it's hard to keep up with all that stuff because I try to respond every day to everything. But I've thought about getting like an intern and just say, you know, here, do yeah, it, yeah. go. Love it. Love so, the idea. Uh, that's just that's just my idea. So, I mean, cryptid sports entertainer. So. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> hey, Bob, where, so, can, where can the Yowie Central listeners find your podcast? www.bigfootclubpodcast.com. And our social media is Bigfoot Club One on everything. So if you go to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, we're at Bigfoot Club One. If and if people want to email me, it's Bigfoot Club One at gmail.com. Awesome. And to my listeners, highly recommend Bob's show because it's kind of similar to mine. And I like my show because it's, it's all the people yes. that I want to talk to. And you talk to really <laughs> interesting people as well. You, you I, I really enjoy your material. Thank you. We could probably wrap it up now. Was there anything else you wanted to add in before we go? No, ma'am. I think I think we covered a lot of stuff. We covered Bigfoot penis and a lot of stuff. So. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I'm really going to enjoy. I'm really going to enjoy <laughs> publishing that. That's really cool. <laughs> uh, I remember when I when I I think I asked someone who I was interviewing because um, he said that he could see. That the big that yeah, the Yowie had a penis, and I said, "Did he have an erect penis?" And so D- Dean Harrison's listening back to my interview, and he 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 chopped out that snippet and then sent it to all the boys and said, "This this is what Sarah's asking our witnesses: Did the Yowie have an erect penis?" <laughs> I said, "Don't that you dare awesome. publish that." <laughs> Oh, that, should, that should be like a ringtone that should yes. be a ringtone <laughs> i you know i i i wish i'd kept because when i'm recording my the intro for my show i uh-huh. i hate it because i can't say the the first sentence that comes out of my mouth this is yowie central welcome to my show my name's sarah all of that stuff mm-hmm. it never comes out right first go so i i should i should have if I'd kept all the bloopers. I'd have a fantastic bloopers reel, you know, when you go yeah. through. Um, I, I, should, I should start keeping it, actually. Usually I just delete that stuff. and um, But I think it's pre- sometimes it's good. I think the listeners like listening to you fuck shit up as well. Yes. <laughs> Which I, you know, I butcher names constantly on the show, and that's that. That's like that's like my shtick now. And uh, I go, I'm, I go, I'm gonna butcher this. So here we go. <laughs> oh, funny. Well, mate, it's been so lovely to talk to you. Really, really nice Sarah, to thank catch you up. So much. Yes. Uh, we should definitely catch up again in the future. Just let me yeah. know if you need me to come back on again, and I'll I'll get yes, you back I'm... on again in the future too. I, I will ask you to be back on the show. So Sarah, thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. I'm so honored to be on your show. So thank you so much. Oh, so lovely to talk to you. I'm so stoked myself that you've now got these really cool friendships going with Dan and, and Gary. And so that's really cool. I'm, I'm, El, I'm so El delighted. Chingons. El Chingons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And that was former Bigfoot and paranormal researcher Bob Dominguez of Bigfoot Club. Bob, thank you so much for sharing your stories with me and with the Yowie Central listeners. That was an absolutely fascinating chat. Don't forget, people, the more we talk about this subject, the more we can normalise it for everyone. And it's my hope that the more people that know about these beings, the less ridicule witnesses face when they talk about their experiences. And hopefully, the more people that know about the existence of these beings, perhaps that'll help when and if they do come across one of these beings in the woods, that they're not quite as traumatised as they might have been if they didn't even know these beings existed. And maybe, just maybe, if we educate people about Yowies, we'll be able to protect them from people hunting them and destroying their forest homes. So if you've seen a Yowie or you've experienced something strange and mysterious out there, I'd love to talk to you and I know the Yowie Central listeners are keen to hear your story. So get in touch with me via yowiecentral at gmail.com or via the Yowie Central Facebook group. Well, that's it for today, my friends. Yowie Central will be back in a few weeks. I'll catch you soon. Out in the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
You might be rich, you pretty young thing, better hide the glint of your diamond ring. Your fancy jacket won't be worth a dime when you're sucking the blood right out of your spine. Hear and cry. 